I would like to invite you to take a moment, this moment, where you're able to recognize the bigger picture. This moment, breathing in and breathing out, allowing the magnitude of this experience to be felt. And as you're breathing in and breathing out, I invite you to direct your intention to the fact that we can't understand everything, nor do we have a potential answer for all of it. Allowing your breath, your body, and your emotional space to take hold in the magnitude of the unknown. Breathing in and breathing out, once again, allowing your body to settle in the mystery. Continuing the breath in and falling into the body, allowing this body to be trusted, this experience to be landed. Breathing in. And breathing out, now finding grounding, connecting back to this moment, and recognizing the opportunity to expand into the unknown. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of the Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and spiritual emergence. Today, you're going to hear from one of my guests who I've had a wonderful opportunity of being together with. And in this moment, I also want to acknowledge the fact that I've taken a little time off and walked away from the podcast in order to incubate, to allow things to reflect. And I'm profoundly grateful to reconnect with all my guests. Welcome. Thank you. How are you coming in today? I'm coming in feeling pretty well. Well, got a few nerves, but at the end of the day, I'm feeling good. Well, it's natural and super normal to have a little nerves as we're talking about all things psychedelic. And yeah. you and I have spoken together and we've been working together for some time. And I want to just dive deeply into the idea of, in a way, the maintenance, in a way, a reflection of a relationship with this work, not the one and done, not mm -hmm. the, oh, everything is unicorns and fluffy cotton candy, but rather what it's like to practically work with this medicine and how you relate to that. Sounds good. So tell me a little bit about your relationship to psychedelic integration now that you have had a handful of experiences that you've been working with. Well, I guess I've learned that it, in my case, is always different in terms of the experience and then in terms of what you're thinking about afterwards yeah just you think you you think you got it 
think it's going to go one way and, and things are, things are different. Yeah. I talk a lot about, we do a, a ridiculous amount of preparation, right? There's mm -hmm. the idea that we build this beautiful, very polished intention. And then we're given what is manifested. Yeah. Yeah. Can you describe to me what has been the difference from your intentions and what has manifested personally and how they've helped you heal and what you've learned about in the differentiation of intention and manifestation? Yeah. Well, I think the two times, you know, that I've had the opportunity with the mushrooms, what sort of happened kind of matched the intention. So when I think about it afterwards, I'm like, oh yeah. The first time around was more just like exploring. It's a new thing. I'm a beginner and it was a very wonderful three hours or however long it was experience. And that my intention was a lot about talking about exploration and just wanting to hear some ideas in my head that I don't normally hear in normal life. So this next time around was more specific to where I am in my life and some milestones that are coming up based on the ages of kids. And so it was, it was more focused on that, but it was, so it was a lot more intense and it was great. It was intense. And at times I was like, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm done. I think I've had enough. Whereas the first time like, you know, we can just do this forever and I'm good to go because it was just so pleasant <laughs> but and, and silent, whereas this time was more intense. There was a lot more discussion with my guide to talk about things as they were happening. So it was, it was quite a bit different. You say something really beautiful and what I hear from you is a deep sense of humility. <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm going to put this down now. And yeah. you know, there's a lot of grace in that, isn't there, though? The acknowledgement that this isn't cut out for everybody, nor is it cut out to be like a holding state of consciousness that would be healthy to be in at all given moments of the time. Yeah, it would not be something that I could, <laughs> that I could do all the time and has to be a special moment that I'm prepared for and... You know, I think there's definitely a big component in having help, guidance, and, and that I think that was key, especially since it was more intense and I felt like I was a bit more of a handful where as, you know, the first time being so gentle and pleasant, it just was like, it hands off kind of, and this one really requires that thought that you're, that you might have where you're like, Hey, I can, you know, maybe I'll just do, do this on my own sometime, which in this case, that would have been not pleasant well, and not you, as you, useful probably. Right. And I apologize for interrupting. Yeah. This is a super important public service announcement and a little bit of a pivot, but without sounding like a soapbox, I appreciate what you're saying in your own integration process and your own recognition of it being a therapeutic experience is often 
I hear that from people coming to my integration treatment and therapy and processing is, oh, I think I could potentially do this work on my own. What is it going to take to prepare myself? Mm -hmm. Would you say one of the things you've learned about having a guide and support and direction is one, your ability to let go, but also to your ability to know you're being held? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was really key. Yeah. Just feeling safe and that I will easily get out of this. And that's maybe not the right way to term it. I guess it's one way to term it. And yeah, just there would have been quite a bit of anxiety and bad probably some bad decision decisions if I, if I was on my own. And that was one thing different about the second time being more intense is I felt like a lot of the intellectual portion of my brain was, was on break for a while, which, which was nice at the same time, the decision-making on my, uh, I wasn't making, I wasn't in a position to make like the most awesome decisions. So there's definitely a benefit to not being on my own, you know, whereas the first time I felt like in control a lot of the time, you know, it was more gentle, but yeah. Do you get the sense today as you're sitting with some weeks and months beyond the invitation that you're mm -hmm. understanding more of the nuances of the magnitude of the experience, what, what was taught to you, what you're walking with and how you're now practically participating with your experiences. Yeah, I think it's helped me notice things in my life, kind of notice what's going on and maybe what, what needs to go on. And those things that I notice when I do notice them they often seemed obvious or maybe even something i thought of previously in some cases but it, it just in my case as a you know as a father who has kids who are getting to a milestone age and it, it, you know it just helped put the point home of, of where i how i can be with them and help them What's the emotion coming up right now as I hear your voice? Oh, it's just when you, you know, happy, but also there's, there's, there's definitely sadness when you're thinking about your kids who you've been with since infinity, it seems like, um, or that you planned that it would always be an infinite thing, but at the particular phase, it's kind of winding down. And so, you know, there's, there's, there's a little bit of, it's bittersweet bittersweet. Sure. And how does this reflect, if I may bring in the existential question, is there an undercurrent now because of these rites of passage your children are going through and witnessing your own impermanence after an experience this big? Has it changed the way you see the rest of your life? Is it providing you a little bit more presence and mindfulness about enjoying the moments you have? I think so. I think the answer is definitely sometimes we, I think it's easy to forget those things as, as life, as the day goes on, 
but it's definitely a thought that, that, that has been in my mind just based on the age of, of, of everyone in my life. So sure. Could we pivot to what do we do with this now, having worked with you as long as I have and knowing you've had experiences both with the mushroom and MDMA, mm. what has started to become your awareness of how you hold these medicines? When is it appropriate and fit for you? Because after an intense experience, I know all too well, sometimes it's like, okay, let's put that on the shelf and mm -hmm. let it come to me rather than me go seeking it. Whereas mm -hmm. good experiences, everyone's kind of like salivating to do it once again. How mm -hmm. are you making sense of it for your own personal journey? Well, I definitely have an intuition that there needs to be some length of time between, between these experiences. Although when an experience is done for me, there has always been a moment of like, mm, it's all, you know, it's done. And that was really cool. And I want to, you know, I'm like, oh, I want to do it, do it again. It's maybe an initial reaction, but I, it's something that, that can't, that needs needs to have some some time in between both for just find you have to find the right moment where you're going to have the, the time and and so forth to do it you know you can't just kind of do it on a whim but just i would think if i did this every couple of weeks that i w would probably it would probably be hard to make sense of each experience so i always I'm looking forward to a new experience and sort of thinking about it. But, but yeah, there's, there's definitely some downtime between that's needed for sure. Yeah. And that, that brings up what I was alluding to kind of in my introduction of this is my innate feeling I'm hearing from you is this idea of incubating. If we don't allow things to incubate or have a pause, it can mm -hmm. almost be that we're too in it too much, right? And specifically with psychedelics, if we're in it too much, we can't really see what we're working on and what state I often say of consciousness are we or what are the traits of who we really are, right? I really try to make a definitive decision on is this a trait of who I am that I'm walking with without the medicine or is this mm -hmm. a state of consciousness I'm in because of the factor that I have medicine experiences that are now like walking with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. I find it useful just to have these experiences in, you know, my back pocket, so to speak, that I think about at random times, you know, in daily life, you know, whether it's like an idea of something I thought of at the time or just thinking about the experience as a whole and how you know it's great yeah yeah exactly the, the, and hearing your your vantage point really gives me a sigh of relief and a breath of fresh air at the same time that you know challenging experiences be it high doses of psilocybin can be mind-altering and very precarious and but yet the integration of what you're doing has what sounds like really formulated your reassurance in even the harder elements of this work. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, even though this one was was not as quote unquote pleasant or it was more challenging, there is no feelings of like, oh, I should, that wasn't useful or I shouldn't have done that or yeah. No. So saying that, as you know me all too often, is bringing back the gentleness. So knowing it was challenging, knowing it was as you said, not necessarily pleasant, you're doing this wonderful work of integration. How are you being gentle with yourself on a daily basis? I would say my thing that I try to do, which is a tough one, but it's just trying to notice things, you know, and, you know, I think about sometimes my, my, default way of going up the stairs is like bounding every two steps you know and so I try to be like okay let's just walk up the stairs normally and think about what's going on right now when you're walking up the stairs you know it just it just makes things more real and enjoyable when you're noticing what's going on with yourself and not thinking so much about what I want to be doing and maybe I don't want to be doing right now though. I love that. So wonderful to hear your voice and I'm so profoundly grateful for that expression, that idea of slowing down the bounding over step by step but recognizing it as a one step after another. It's such a wonderful picture to envision. Thank you. 